This is the CVBT Audio Interview Podcast, where you'll get ideas about improving your bottom line in business and in life from experts around the world. As an economist, you have studied the rise and fall of economies all over the world, and of course the United States, but has what has happened in the last few weeks to the U.S. economy surprised you uh, in any remarkable way? Yes. I was anticipating a, a hit to the economy with the uh, the advent of the, of the flu or the, uh, the COVID-19, but it has impacted much more than I had anticipated. For people who own small businesses and now have them shut down or operating in in sort of a handicap mode, if you will, with very little business coming through the transom, how do they dig themselves out if we are this, this deep into what is an economic uh, down, downturn? Well, uh, I think initially people are going to start to have liquidity problems. There's just no cash flow. But that can pretty quickly turn to solvency problems. Uh, the federal government is, is taking action to help you know, mitigate some of that pain. And if I were in small, had a small business or a large business and I, I had those problems with, with uh, liquidity and potentially solvency, I would take advantage of some of the, the funding that's been made available through the, uh, the recent legislation and actions of the Federal Reserve. I realize it may be difficult to, to access that, but I, I would certainly try because that could be a real lifeline until such time as things normalize. Uh, Peter, do you think that's going to be enough money? They're talking about having to put another trillion dollars out there. It's hard to imagine that much money. I know. Uh, it's like a trillion dollars here and another trillion there, and you know we're talking real money. Uh, but yeah, I, I do think that more will be necessary. I think the, the impact on small businesses is just phenomenal. Um, I was talking with some people in New York yesterday, and they're more on the um, the bond side, and they were talking about how just rapidly the credit worthiness of so many organizations is is coming unglued. That's partly why, well, largely why the Federal Reserve took such radical action today. Um, whether it's enough, it's not enough, but it, it's certainly going to help. For, for those of us who uh, lived through the re, uh, Great Recession of 2008 to 2009 and in the Central Valley, seemingly never-ending, of course, uh, what do you see looking in your crystal ball for this particular recession, or do we dare call it a recession at this point? It's certainly a major contraction. Uh, if we want to be sort of formal about it, we define a recession as two consecutive quarters of negative GDP growth. Um I don't know about first quarter yet. It's possible that strength in January and February will will keep keep uh, the first quarter in the black. I don't know. We'll find out pretty soon. But certainly, second quarter is negative. I think very negative. Then third quarter is likely to be negative, but I guess we don't know for sure yet. So I think we probably are in a recession in a formal sense. We we certainly are in a massive contraction, which is really unprecedented. You know, in, in 1929, the economy started to contract, and we eventually got to about 25% unemployment in this country. But it took four years. Uh, you know, we could hit 25% unemployment in a couple of months. Uh, it, it's just 
you know, really remarkable. I, I, I don't know of any time in in history where, where unemployment rose that rapidly. I've been thinking about it and haven't come up with anything. Uh, there may have been a time centuries ago, but nothing comes to my mind. Certainly nothing in uh, recent memory, that's for sure. Now, yeah. back in the in the late 1920s and 1930 or thereabouts, Herbert Hoover was president, and he was applying one type of uh, uh, relief to try to dig the country out, but it didn't seem to work. Are we repeating those steps now, or are we repeating the steps that Roosevelt uh, tried uh, when he got into office? I think it's fair to say that both Hoover and Roosevelt floundered around. They tried all kinds of different things. and um, You can argue, though, that we're floundering around, too, in some respects, trying a lot of different things. But but I, I think the, the fundamental diagnostic of the problem then and now is, is quite different. You know, we had a depression. Demand collapsed for a variety of reasons. And historians, economic historians, will, will give you different reasons, and different people might prioritize one over the other. But, but they include such things as a, uh, as a contraction of the money supply due in part to problems with the, with the central bank, the Federal Reserve. They are not contracting the money supply now. If anything, you know, they are really, you know, pedal to the metal to expand the money supply. So that, that's really uh, quite different. Uh, there was a collapse of international trade uh, that um, occurred during the, you know, at the outset of the, of the Depression. And although, you know, we do have some tariffs now, I, I don't know that, that collapsing international trade is is really driving the um, uh, you know this downturn. This downturn is being driven by by virus. Uh, it's containment measures. Um, when the virus is gone, then those containment measures are no longer necessary. We we're waiting for a vaccine. We're waiting for treatment. We're waiting maybe for herd immunity. If nothing else, it'll it'll dissipate. In 1918, we had a pretty awful outbreak of the flu, uh, and it was just terrible in the fall of 1918. And it kind of lingered into 1919 and 1920. But by and large, a lot of the containment measures were gone by 1919. So you know, this also could burn itself out. Uh, at, after a period of time. But of course, that was a, an H1N1 virus. This is a coronavirus, so they're, they're a little different. We don't know, you know to what extent this will burn itself out and when we will have sufficient herd immunity. But that's one way this could end. Uh, a vaccine or better treatment is another. But until then, uh, you know, people are constrained. Demand is, demand is down. Supply is disrupted. It, it, it's really... It, it, you know, it, it's this is more akin to a a, nat, a natural disaster that strikes the whole planet um, than it is a, a you know an economic depression. Um, and so you know we we have to kind of get through the you know the disaster, which is the virus, and then and then rebuild. Um, and the rebuilding, ordinarily rebuilding after a natural disaster, can occur quite quickly. But the, the scale and scope of this one has a lot of people wondering how quickly you know, we get back on track. I, I think that's a very unanswered question right now. But certainly by trying to keep as many organizations, including small business, both liquid and solvent, um, you know, the better off we're going to be when this ends. 
So that's a big part of the objective of, of national policy. You've been very generous with your information and thoughts. What would you like to add that we haven't yet had a chance to talk about? You know, I, I, I like to look at some silver linings here. I, people may not be in a very positive mood right now. I understand that. But, you know, economic history, particularly over the last couple hundred years, is has been marked by cyclicality uh, and one of the things that, that happens throughout these waves of cycles, and some of them are business cycles, and some of them are longer cycles, some of them are even inventory cycles, but, but with, with cycles comes change. Sometimes, somebody, Joseph Schumpeter talked about creative destruction, and, and you know, I think that there's been a lot of change that's occurred in this last month or, or two for, for an awful lot of people. And yes, we will get past this, but you know, it's not going to be exactly the same. Some of the things that have occurred throughout this episode are here to stay. Many people work from home. Uh, you know, I have a hunch when this is all done, there will be a greater percentage of people working at home. And, and many people will, instead of one day a week, there might be two or three days a week at home. I think that, uh, Tele-doctor visits may be here to stay. Uh, I think distance education in my environment, higher education, uh, has been accelerated. There's going to be a lot more of that. Um, And, you know, if this all leads to more productivity, um, that is to say more output per worker, you know, that's what economic progress is all about. Um, And we have not really had adequate gains in productivity for some years now, there's a lot of concern about that. Whatever productivity gains we have had have not really gone to wages very much. It's gone either to profits or to pay for, for health health insurance, health care benefits. So we really do sorely need more productivity in the U.S. economy. And, and maybe this will bring that about to some extent. I certainly hope so. You've been listening to the CVBT Audio Interview Podcast, one-on-one interviews with experts in business and personal growth. Keep up to date with all of our podcasts and news that impacts business by subscribing to our daily email newsletter. To sign up for a free introductory subscription, please send us your preferred email address. Our email is editor at biznews.com. That's spelled B-I-Z-G-N-U-S dot com. Thanks for listening.